Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well... Oh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. What's your Michael Caine? Do you want me to do my Michael Caine? Yeah, what's you do Michael Caine? And is this like is this late Michael Caine like Batman or is this like no, early no, Michael no. Caine? This is like like it's... blame it on Rio. Like I'll do any com- movie that comes along. Michael Caine, the Italian job, like okay. really early Michael Caine. So right. Michael Caine, it's very. You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. She Not was bad. only 16 years old. You know what? Not bad. That was pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Hearing in my ear, the control room <laughs> likes it as well. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. The exterior of the convention center in downtown beautiful Phoenix, Arizona. It is noon on a Wednesday Eastern time, but it is 5 o'clock somewhere as the happy hour is here. Uh, presented by Applebee's, served by Applebee's, Jay Crouch and Matthew Berry here live from Radio Row in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona. You know, it's, we're the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. Yes, Matthew. But we have no happy hour type accoutrements. Accoutrements, okay. Well, just like, like you know, because we normally do our show at a bar. Sure. And we drink and we, we do bar-like things. And this is this is a desk. It is a desk. Yeah. So, and... I would say it's a happy hour, but it's, it's, I mean, it's like, it's literally, it's 10 a.m. It, it is 5 o'clock somewhere, but it's 10 a.m. here local time. And I don't know if it's particularly happy. It's an hour. <laughs> Where are you going but, with But this? Is, it, is it particularly happy? I just, I want America to know what's going on right now. So literally to right, to, to my left is pro football talk. And so Mike, our friends, Mike Florian and Chris Sims, by the way, Chris Sims is coming up later coming today, up. Uh, coming up later on the show. So is Jonathan Taylor. So is Jonathan Taylor. So we've got the definitive Jonathan Taylor interview coming up in, in just a few minutes here. And Chris Sims will be, you know, and one interview with Chris Sims. Pretty sure he did the definitive interview yesterday. Um, at any rate, so we'll talk with Sims. But next door, Chris McCaffrey. Yeah, I can see him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So just, I just want everyone to understand I was like, oh, Barry, you know, you got your name on the show. You go over to NBC. Like, this must be no, – not, and now you got the big set. You're at NBC. Fancy time, right? Oh, no, no, no. Don't you understand? Like, you know, like fantasy royalty Chris McCaffrey has chosen to talk to freaking Sims and Florio, <laughs> but not us dumb animals. And adding insult to injury, they're pre-taping it. So, basically, we have to hear – while we're trying to broadcast live, we literally have to hear – them talk to Chris McCaffrey. Yeah, you get to listen to my Michael Caine impressions. Yes. Like it's talk to the best running back in football. Anyway, so you should tune into Pro Football Talk uh, later in the show to see, you know, them talk with CMC. Um, but just so you know, just if you understand, like you're like, hey, Barry, it just, if you were wondering, like, hey, coming over from ESPN, would I still be on the low rung on the totem pole? Oh, no. This is yes. Oh, no. This is yes. I'm still there. I'm still low rung on the totem pole. It's all right. It's fine. <laughs> It's totally fine. This one's really gotcha. Yeah. 
How are you liking Phoenix, Matthew? How's Radio Row been for you? You know, it's been really good, actually. I had a really fun day yesterday. I went, um, I did a couple of different podcasts, I did a bunch of different podcasts, you know, and I get dragged into all these different ones. But uh, Cam Hayward's here, and he has a podcast, so I did that. That was a lot of fun. I never met Cam Hayward, um, so that was just cool. He's a massive human being. Yeah, I think the big thing about being on Radio Row is that you really appreciate how uh, NFL players are just completely different specimens. Oh, yeah. Like sitting next to Mark Andrews yesterday. Yeah, big person. Reason he plays in the NFL and tight end for the Baltimore Ravens. And I sit in my hotel room practicing Michael Caine impressions. Yeah. That makes sense. I like that you practiced it. (laughs) Um, uh, Just in case it might come up on the show. (laughs) And then I, uh, you know, I'm friends with all the guys over at The Ringer. And uh, so I did Slow News Day with Kevin Clark. And I had a lot of fun, good conversation with him as well. So those podcasts are out if you want to check those out. uh, In case you're like, you know what? I just need more Matthew Berry in my life. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. You watched LeBron last night, Matthew? I know you're a big Lakers fan. I am a big Lakers fan. It was a historic moment. It was amazing. Kind of got chills. Like, I'm... What, I'm excited for LeBron just because I'm a, I'm a LeBron fan, right? And as a Lakers fan, I'm excited that he did it in a Lakers uniform. That that clip, so. the you know, the sort of the fadeaway, fadeaway jumper from the from the left corner, um, and that'll be the clip that's shown, you know, until somebody else comes along, you know. He's in a Lakers uniform. He's, in, he's wearing the six. It was a good shot, too. But unfortunately, I was cheering strongly against it. I tweeted out just before the game that there was a bet that you could make yeah. on LeBron to break the scoring record during the fourth quarter at mm. plus 250. But he was plus 140 to break it during the game. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense that it's plus 250 for the fourth quarter. No. Plus 140 for the game to get to 36 points. He's not going to get to 36 points in three quarters. No. But... He's on 34 points with 11 seconds left. And all of a sudden, I need the Lakers just to get through this last 11 seconds of the game. And then he'll definitely score two points in the fourth quarter. And so I'm like, double team him, double team him, make him pass, make him pass. And then he goes into the move. And my man, Josh Giddy from Australia, doesn't do the double team, starts covering someone else. Meanwhile, Thomas Bryant is under the basket, like calling for the ball. <laughs> yeah. You're not getting the ball, Thomas Bryant. No, Shots going off. And then LeBron fades away. I think that's probably like a 41% shot. And it goes in. My vet loses with 10 seconds to spare and uh and yeah and they stormed the court which just made it even worse but uh but congratulations to lebron i lost my bet but uh yeah you did something impressive lebron i I like the fact that you know you know what's great about you jay is that you know we've only been working together for whatever a couple of months now but you've really embraced the spirit of the show which is to somehow make everything about you (laughs) which is usually i mean that's been my my shtick is always to make it about me i learned from the best right a thousand percent like you're really a quick quick learner here, I mean, as well, right? I mean, LeBron James is the NBA's all-time scoring leader. I don't care. Right. And it was just like about your dumb bet. What about my plus 250? Right. You're plus, two, you're plus 250 as well. That is a bad beat. I mean, you just needed 10 more seconds. It's as bad as it gets. And the other thing that's crazy about this is, from what I understand, we've been out here, and so I've been focused on, you know, so much Super Bowl stuff. But from what I understand, you know, there were questions like whether he was going to be able to break it in this game. Or the next game. They have a game in two days, I yep, believe. Against Milwaukee. And, and Milwaukee. And most people assumed, based on averages and everything like that, that he would break it against Milwaukee. So all these tickets got sold to the Milwaukee game. You know, like $5,000 for nosebleed seats. I mean, it's just insane prices for these tickets because everyone's like, I want to witness history. And then he does it. Can you imagine that now you've got the game after? Well, you spent, like, whatever. You spent, like, you know, $10,000 on two tickets to go see LeBron against Milwaukee, and he's got the record. Well, the thing is, is that when he hit what his outfit going to the arena, he was dressed in all black, kind of like myself, actually. We look very much the same. Yes. Uh, 
he clearly had made up his mind that last night was going to be the night. He was taking a lot of shots. He did it very efficiently. He wasn't hogging the ball or anything. But it's just amazing to me that a 38-year-old can just decide that they're going to score 36 points tonight in the NBA and do it with ease. He, I, there's a lot of talk about whether he's the, the quote-unquote goat. You know, I don't want to turn this into whatever, uh, you know, embrace debate kind of show where we're like, is it him or Jordan, right? I mean, like, and I thought, I, but I saw this comment yesterday on Twitter from someone, and it's not my thought, so I apologize, but I thought this was really well done. And, and, and the thought was, in essence, basically, that Michael Jordan's probably the greatest of all time, the, the true goat, just because of, you know, his his body of work like the you know the six, six titles and the six finals. and oh in the finals six titles the the domination everything like that the person said but just top to bottom in terms of who's the best player of all time it's lebron in terms of just the ability the, the ability that he has to do every single thing he can right i mean yeah. and just like this in terms of the defense in terms of the shooting in terms of the passing i mean you know like he's top five all time in assists you know what i mean like i mean that i mean like the defense, just every possible, every single thing you can do on a basketball court, he can do at the greatest level of all time. And so it's just, I thought that was, that's probably right. Yeah. But I mean, LeBron, is, I, I, the fact that people, I, there was also, there's one other clip that I'll, I'll just say here about LeBron. <laughs> We're off on this LeBron tangent. But um, J.J. Redick had, I saw a great uh, like Instagram video on J.J. Redick, who was just talking about the fact that everyone like, is complaining about, um, and he was complaining about the, J.J. Redick, weirdly, was complaining about a segment on First Take on ESPN about the fact that, you know, they were like, ah, maybe, you know, that maybe LeBron wasn't the greatest scorer of all time. Like, you know, they, and, 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 and you're like, and J.J. Redick was like, what are you talking about? Like, again, he's top five in assists, he's top five, he's top five in points per game on, you know, on average, like, what do you mean he's not that great a scorer that it's just because he's been playing for a long time and yeah. it's just like it's just insane insane takes for insane takes sake and yep. this is that was JJ Redick pointing it out and anyway if you can find that on um, on Instagram it's really it's uh, it's really worth going but it was um, it is it's greatness from LeBron and to your point like the fact that he's he's you know 38, he, he's 38 yeah. years old and, and able to do that is is remarkable and play it like still at the highest level yep. in the NBA. Yep. Speaking of people playing at a high level, yes, Matthew, good Jonathan segue. Taylor is one of those guys, the presumptive number one pick in fantasy football this year. You know, had, didn't didn't have the touchdowns he wanted. Um, tough year for the Colts, but what's in store for him in the future? Right now is the definitive Jonathan Taylor interview. Let's let's go. Let's uh, let's bring in Jonathan Taylor. Under center, Ryan again hands off to Jonathan Taylor. Big run, 40, 45, 50, breaks it outside. Down the far sideline, he's at the 30, he's at the 20, 10, 5, and he is close to the end zone. Did he stay in? Yes. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. A 66-yard run to Peter for Jonathan Taylor. There you go. You just heard the call of Jonathan Taylor taking it to the house against the Las Vegas Raiders. An electric run, number 28 on the field, number one in your hearts. Fantasy football royalty, Jonathan Taylor, joins us now on behalf of Ascent Protein. Uh, So, Jonathan, um, do you remember that run? Uh, I'm just curious, that game against the Raiders? Yeah, that, that run was, it was really special just in the midst of everything that was going on in the middle of our season. So to be able to 
kind of provide a spark and have a play like that, um, especially the things that transpired. It was really special, but I knew that it was all 10 other guys on that field that, that helped me achieve that play. Um, and I was just happy. I was just happy how we responded, you know, especially things that went on the previous week. Um, it was a really good feeling. It was a really good feeling. Yeah, I can I can imagine there was a lot of emotion. It was crazy with the the coaching change and everything that was happening there. Um, you mentioned this season and the and the uh, kind of the uh, struggles of that season. So, Jonathan, just tell me, like in your own words, how would you assess your past season for you personally? This pa- this past season, um, especially from a personal standpoint, definitely not the way you want things to go. Um, but we played a game of football, which is very special. It has a lot of adversity. It builds character. Um, and so not only for myself, for everyone in that locker room, being able to go through a season like we just had, it's only one thing you can do, and that's grow from this kind of season. You can either grow as a player, grow as a person, and that's what I'm going to do myself throughout this offseason, and I know my, the rest of my teammates in that locker room will do the same. Um, but when you go through a rough season like this, especially speaking to a lot of the veterans that's been in the locker room, is how can you evaluate yourself and how can you grow in this offseason? Jonathan, I know you had ankle surgery late last month. How's the recovery process going from that? Oh, it's been going great so far. Um, I've been very fortunate enough to have a very special team around me with the training staff in Indianapolis, as well as partnering with Ascent Protein to help me get back on my feet. I just feel like being able to surround yourself with the right people that care about you, that care about doing things the right way is something that is going to help me get back on the field even faster. Yeah, Jonathan, uh, this is, you know, I, I, you mentioned you mentioned everything that you're doing this season. Uh, I'm curious, uh, we're a fantasy football show, and um, do you play fantasy football? How often does it come up in your life? I'm curious. I played fantasy football once in college. It was kind of tough to keep up with the lineups when you got weightlifting, meetings, practice, school. So it was really tough. But I could definitely see why so many people get into it because it is fun. It is exciting. You get to root for some of your favorite players and, and they help you win against some of your, your lifelong friends. So it's definitely a great, great thing to, to have and to do throughout the fall. Um, but I, that's the last time I played was my last year in college, 2019. Well, when you get to actually play in the NFL, you don't actually need to play fantasy football. We play it because we don't have the abilities that you do, uh, Jonathan. But uh, as you look towards next year, what goals have you set for yourself? So I, I actually had a, an interview a couple months back with Austin Eckler, who's, you know, he does the huge fantasy football um, oh, deal. Yeah. And, I, and I actually speaking with him. I really like fantasy football because it really helps you connect with your fans. Your fans trust in you. Your fans believe in you. So they're like, hey, I want Jonathan Taylor on my team. So not only for myself, I would love to do well next year, but you also want to do well for your fans because, you know, there are a lot of people that stick by your side through thick and thin. They'll pick you up in their fantasy team because they know and trust and believe you put the work in in the offseason. Well, yeah, because, you know, you were, you, were, you were the number one pick. You were the number one overall consensus pick in fantasy football going into this past season. I've already seen some early rankings. You're going to be high next year as well in terms of the rankings. You're top five for me personally as well. Um, but how were fantasy football managers to you this past year as the Colts struggled with adversity? Is there anyone we need to beat up? Is there anyone we need to yell at? <laughs> there were a lot. Actually, there were a lot of fans who were, hey, I trust and believe in you. You'll be back on your feet. 
in no time. Um, and then, you know, you always have those guys who probably had a bit more at stake than others. And, you know, they weren't as pleased. But at the end of the day, they all said, hey, I hope you get healthy. Can't wait to see you go crush it next year. And that's what you want. That's why you love your fans, because no matter what happens, they have the right to be frustrated. Um, but at the end of the day, they just want nothing but the best for you. So I'm excited to get back out there next season. Jonathan, in 2021, uh, you had a sneakily big season uh, in the passing game where you had 360 receiving yards. Uh, you had some massive uh, plays in the passing game. Uh, it wasn't as present in your game this year. Do you think that's something that you'll expand going forward, being more utilized as a receiver? A hundred percent. And that's something that I've been pushing ever since I've, my second year of college is just making sure that I'm a complete bat. Uh, you know, you go into college as a freshman, uh, in high school, I was very used to downhill, ground and pound. And then, you know, you start realizing, hey, if you want to be really successful in this league, if you want to play in this league for a long time, you need to be a complete bat. So ever since then, I've done nothing but continue to work on that game. I'm excited this upcoming season in order to expand that even more because every single year you just get that much smarter. You get that much more experience. So I'm excited. Uh, we're excited as well. Uh, a lot of a lot of change going on in Indianapolis in terms of uh, in terms of the coaching staff, in terms of the quarterback. You, you're not sure. How do you prepare for it? Have, have you talked to the team as well? Have you talked to Chris Ballard? Have you talked to any people around the organization in terms of where they're leaning or what they're trying to look to do in the upcoming season? It's definitely tough to, to figure out what you know direction we want to go in. Um, it's a really big decision. You know, you're talking about who you want to, to lead an NFL football team. I think the best thing that not only myself can do, but the rest of my teammates in the locker room is, one, we got to just prepare physically for anything that the head coach may want to throw at us as far as a new system. We need to make sure that you come into camp in the best shape possible. And then on the other hand, it's just making sure that you're doing everything possibly can you can in order to better yourself this offseason. We went through a lot of trials and tribulations last season. So how can you grow from that as a person and a player? Those are only two things I feel like that us players can do in order to make sure no matter who steps into that role they have a unit that's ready to go jonathan for fantasy purposes is there someone in indianapolis who's not on our radar yet uh at running back receiver tight ends uh who you think might be uh, in for a big season next year definitely just be on the lookout for Deion jackson um i'm sure you guys have saw uh, saw glimpses of it um but just the amount of experience that he's gotten this past season, it's going to be huge in the offseason. I know he'll utilize that in order to not only get 1% better, but I can just see him shooting up tremendously this offseason. So I'm excited to get back to work with Dion because I know he puts the work in every single day. So I'm really excited for him. So listen, uh, Jonathan, you know, when you, you know, it's one of those, if you know, you know, right? So you just said you're in the backfield with Dion Jackson. You see his explosiveness. So I'm curious for the Super Bowl on Sunday, the running game in both of these teams have obviously been a big part of their success getting to this game, right? So you got the three-headed monster in Philadelphia along with Jalen Hurts. You've got Pacheco and McKinnon in Kansas City. How do you break down these backfields? What do you see out of the game on Sunday? Well, number one, I love Pacheco. He's a South Jersey guy. He grew up in Violent, New Jersey, which is 35 minutes from where I grew up at, Salem, New Jersey. So I love the way how physical he runs. I also love uh, Jet as well. I mean, his pass protection is excellent. Um, but 
the running game in Philadelphia, you mentioned the three-headed monster, but not only to add on top of that with Jalen, I mean, that's, that's really tough to defend, especially when your offensive line is playing very, very well. I think it's, it's definitely going to be tough for Philly to run the ball, but I think they have the tools equipped to make it happen. Jonathan, I can see some Ascent protein in the background, which I know Matthew Barry could use. He's been giving the hotel gym in Arizona a proper workout. Uh, I know you've been using Ascent since you got drafted in 2020. Uh, Can you tell us what made Ascent your go-to protein? Well, first off, just going through the draft process, um, there's a lot of information that you get given. And the number one thing is you are in control of what you put in your body. So being able to partner with Ascent before I even entered the league was something that was huge for me because you get kind of nervous on, oh, what products to use? No, what's illegal, what's not? You know, you never want to put something in your body that's against the rules. So knowing that Ascent is a clean product, there's no artificial flavors, no artificial sweeteners, there's no additives. I felt really safe. I felt really good throughout my training knowing, one, this product works for me, and two, I know that no matter what happens, everything in this product is within the rules, so I never had a thing to worry about in my mind. Well, listen, as, as, a, as a fantasy football manager, Jonathan, who will be drafting you in many leagues next year, I am rooting for Ascent and for you to have an amazing season. Before we let you go, one last question, and congratulations on the, all the success so far on and off the field. My last question for you is Sunday. Who are you rooting for? And just give me a prediction. I know you you like the Philadelphia running game there, but you're also a South Jersey guy, and the Chiefs are AFC. Who are you rooting for here, and who ultimately do you think wins? The score is definitely going to be unpredictable, um, but when you're playing as well as the Philadelphia Eagles are playing together on offense, defense, special teams, it's really hard to beat. Now, I will say you do have a pretty good chance with with Patrick Mahomes uh, going up uh, against them, but... It's just hard to it's just hard to beat a team that's playing well on all three phases. So I definitely I think Philadelphia takes this one. Um, my guy T.J. Edwards, who played linebacker with me at the University of Wisconsin, I'm hoping that you know he plays lights out because uh, he's been working really hard for this moment. All right, we will see if the Eagles end up winning. Uh, anyway, listen, Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us again. Thank you to Ascent for making you available to us. We uh, we appreciate everything. Good luck this upcoming season, and uh, we'll be rooting for you from the sidelines, my friend. No, thank you guys very much. And if you ever need any more protein, just let me know. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. We will hit you up. That is the definitive Jonathan Taylor interview. And when we return, headlines as the happy hour rolls on. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. 
Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Just for fun, where do, where do you think Garoppolo goes? Where would you like to see Derek Carr goes? If you could wave your magic Australian stick, your boomerang. Magic Australian your, stick. Did you have a boomerang as a kid? I didn't. No, I didn't. Uh, maybe a toy one at one yeah, point. Yeah, I'm sure, right? Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't, doesn't every kid in, in Australia get a boomerang? Yeah, we ride kangaroos to school as well. I knew yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, we in do. the little pouches. <laughs> yeah. Like we, you hop in and like, yeah, yeah, of course. We do. That's what the pouches are for. All right, we are back on the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. Prime Minister of Australia, Anthony Albanese, called me last night, Matthew, during the Lakers game. He's not happy with you perpetuating all this ridiculousness, these stereotypes about Australia. We've got pouches, we've got magic Australian yeah. sticks. I don't even know what that means. It's a boomerang. Okay. It's, it's, it's for me, it's to explain the concept of boomerang like to people here in America. I, like, as a kid, I had a boomerang. Yeah. No, you didn't. I did. I had a plastic boomerang. I had a plastic boomerang. You know, completely. Um, wait, so you had the Australian Prime Minister on the phone yesterday. Did you bitch him about your, your plus 250? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That Listen, Anthony, we yeah. can talk about Australia or we can talk about LeBron James selfishly taking a fadeaway with 10 seconds left. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, you should have said to it, what you should have said is that, um, listen, Look, yes, Matthew's perpetuating all these myths about Australia in terms of like the kangaroos driving us to school and and you know the and and every kid being you know given a boomerang, but he's never once mentioned like Australia's filled with thieves, <laughs> which is another myth that's a perpetuated. But I'm not perpetuating that. The well, thing, that, that, so, that's a truth though, Matthew. So that's okay. So that's fine. We're okay with truth. Yeah, we're all, we've got convict blood. That's what, makes my, thieves. that's what makes my Michael Caine impression so good. Yeah. Uh, all right, you want to talk about Derek Carr? You know what you should do is you should work on a Kylie Minogue impression, impression or Nicole Kidman. So the thing is, if I do the Michael Caine, which is like a six and a half out of ten, people will be like, oh, have you got any other impressions? Like, no. I've just got this <laughs> just one, one six and a half out of ten Michael Caine one impression. Michael Caine impression. But I'm working. Working on a Ryan Gosling. I don't have... Oh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um... Uh, yeah, I, I have no impressions whatsoever, except okay. for family members. I was, uh, impressions that won't make sense <laughs> yeah, to anyone other than like six people. You got the Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, the I do have the, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, like that's a okay. four out of ten. Yeah, that's right. It's getting yeah. there. All right. Raiders have granted Derek Carr permission to talk or visit with the New Orleans Saints. Mm. I don't understand why they didn't give Jameis Winston more of a run. I don't understand why they were I so agree. connected to Andy Dalton. Also attached to him at the hip. Jameis looked okay to start the season. I thought that... And Derek Carr, who is definitely an improvement on Jameis Winston, but I really don't understand the situation in New Orleans. I do think of potential landing spots, that is one of the better ones for Derek Carr. I think that tying yourself to Chris Olave is probably a good idea because that guy is going to be a superstar. They've got some other weapons, obviously Alvin Kamara. We'll see what we get out of Michael Thomas. But uh, do you think that the Saints make sense for You saw moments out of Rashid Shaheed down the stretch. You saw moments moments from Jawan Johnson last year as well. And so, yeah, they, they have some pieces there in New Orleans. It's worth noting that Dennis Allen was the Raiders head coach when they drafted Derek Carr. 
that Dennis Allen was ultimately fired <laughs> by the Raiders. So you may be like, you're going back to that well. But, you know, um, ultimately, I, I do agree. And also, you know, this is a, this is a defense that um, – this is a team that will play indoors in the turf. If you're Derek Carr, it's a good defense that you're playing with. And you think about that division – like, you know, that's as good a division as you could land in after having to face Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, and, and, you know, the Denver defense. Now you go to a, you know, now you're going to, who knows what Carolina's going to do? You know, who knows what Tampa Bay's going to do? Like, it's, I mean, at the moment, it's Kyle Trask and Sam Darnold, right? If the Saints got Derek Carr, then all of a sudden they're minus money to win the division. They're, they're shorter than the field, I think, just because of the state of the rest of the division, to your point. And I do think that Carr, you know, Aaron Rodgers, who we'll get to, we'll get to Aaron Rodgers in the darkness uh, in a second. But right. I do think that Derek Carr, outside of Rodgers, he's the quarterback you most want if we assume that Lamar Jackson is off the board. I think that Jimmy Garoppolo needs to be seriously downgraded as a quarterback based on how good Brock Purdy looked. So I think Carr is the guy that you want outside of Rodgers. He is, he is by far the biggest name and most viable franchise-ready pro quarterback that is available. Right, to your point, assuming that the Ravens franchise tag Lamar Jackson and that he ultimately, one way or the other, works his way back to Baltimore. And we had Mike Florio on earlier in the week talking exactly about that. And uh, that, you know, we'll see how it manifest itself, whether he gets franchise tag, you know, exclusive or non-exclusive and what have you. But it just, Lamar Jackson does not currently have representation, so it's hard to see him, you know, maneuvering that. He's likely back with the Ravens next year. I agree with you on Garoppolo as well. We'll talk about that in a second. Rodgers, we'll get to him as well. I, Derek Carr is based on both age and availability because he's, he's, he's going, he's 100% available. We don't know if Rodgers is coming back. We don't know if Rodgers will be, you know, wants to be traded, you know, because he's got the trump card of like, hey, I can just retire. Yeah. Right. So, um, Derek Carr is is the is the best youngest quarterback that is also 100 percent available. Um, so I agree with you, and like, I think you can win with Derek Carr. I agree. I think you can also win with Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans. They name pass game coordinator Tim Kelly as their new offensive coordinator promotion from within uh i think the titans who have largely been written off like the titans are in the bottom six bottom seven for super bowl odds next season i don't really understand that i think that you know another year with Traylon burke so i think is really exciting uh and then Tannehill being healthy i think that this offense could be a little better than people expect yeah now i would agree with you like they always compete yeah i mean again like malik willis wasn't ready for prime time last year but i think they'll have Tannehill back and so we'll see uh if they can help develop Malik Willis, but I agree with you. Like it's going to be, a, it's a solid defense. It's once again going to be a very winnable division. I mean, you know, like the the Jaguars had to beat them in Week 17, and like it was, a, and they had to beat Malik Willis. And so we like the Jaguars, and we think that's an ascending team. But the fact, I mean, like you wouldn't sit here and go like, well, there's no way the Titans can get past the Jaguars next year. Like you, yeah, I, I mean. I think there's the idea that the Jags are going to own this division now. They've got Trevor Lawrence. Like, I don't think the Jags are going to be like the Patriots in the AFC East under no. Brady and Belichick. I think that they are the best team uh, in the AFC South, but but certainly that they will be beatable. And yeah, I wouldn't be riding off the Titans consistently every year. Like, I thought that maybe the best coached game of the entire season was what Mike Vrabel did against Kansas City in primetime, where ultimately they lose that game against the Chiefs. But he just pulled every, uh, he pushed every right button. They always play hard. They always always overachieve yep. they're always a team that everyone thinks oh they'll go under their win total and then they always unless they get injured they compete and and, and by the way so tim kelly was the passing 
game coordinator. So they're keeping basically the same system. They're upgrading him to offense coordinator. Obviously, as long as Derrick Henry's there, this is going to be a run-first offense. But you mentioned Traylon Burks. How about my guy, Chig Okonkwo, who came on down the stretch as well. Yo, man. The, 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 the rookie tight end from last year. So suddenly there's a couple of pieces, and maybe they draft somebody this, this, uh, this season or they, they add a, a high-quality free agent in the wide receiver. Like Tim Kelly being the passing game coordinator, now being the offensive coordinator makes you feel like maybe they do want to open it up a little bit more, especially if Tannehill is back under center, which is what we expect. Yep. Okay, the Vikings are hiring Steelers linebacker coach, former Miami head coach Brian Flores as their defensive coordinator. Yep. I think that this is just, uh, there's only upside uh, with the Minnesota defense. It's it was a home terrible. Move. Yeah, and look at what Flores did with Miami's defense last season and then how much they fell off, I think, relatively this season. I think that Flores, in terms of his defensive chops, I mean, there's no doubting what he's achieved. And, uh, and yeah, and there's only, you can only go up as the Vikings defense. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, they're going to have to fix the personnel. But just in terms of scheme fit, I mean, like, last year, the Vikings just did not blitz. They had the eighth lowest blitz rate uh, in the NFL. Meanwhile, as you think back to those Dolphins teams that you mentioned, when Flores was in charge of the Dolphins, they had the fourth highest blitz rate from 2019 to 2021. Why do we care about that? Because it just means, like, in terms of could the Vikings be a viable fantasy defense potentially, right? Because they're going to get after the quarterback. They're going to try to create turnovers and sacks. And so I just look from a, it's much more of an NFL story than a fantasy football story, but I think it's a home run move for the Vikings who obviously haven't figured out on the offensive side of the ball. Defense is what costs them. Like everyone wants to kill Kirk Cousins for the, the, the last play of the playoff game against the Giants. Kirk Cousins was great in that game. Yeah, he had a bad last play where he threw short of the sticks. I get it. You know, like, hey, why don't you throw a long ball to Justin Jefferson and try to see if you can come up with a 50-50 miracle. But whatever. Kirk Cousins, 100%, that loss was entirely on the Vikings' defense. Daniel Jones did everything he wanted to do. And, like, it was clear that, that the defensive side of the ball had never, like, watched a lot of Giants tape. And, you know, they, like, you heard quotes after the game, like, wow, Daniel Jones was a lot faster than we thought. <laughs> Watch a game. Like, what do you mean? Like, it's not like they suddenly wheeled out this brand new offense for the playoff game. Like, yeah. I don't understand as well. I know that the personnel isn't great on the Vikings defensive correct. side, but at the same time, like, they have Daniil Hunter, Zadarius Smith, Harrison Smith, Patrick Peterson had a really good season. Like, there should have been, I think, enough talent that that should have been a more competitive defense and not a defense that made Daniel Jones look like Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, exactly right. Yep. Exactly right. Should have been a lot. I mean, it's a home playoff game. Yes. Play with a little pride. Yep. Exactly when, particularly when you think about what the Giants did the following week, where they looked completely overmatched against the Eagles, and the Vikings were a team that were competing for the two seed uh, until the final week of the season. Uh, let's get to Ezekiel Elliott. He is expected to take a large pay cut to remain with the Dallas Cowboys. What do you make of Zeke? Listen, I'm looking forward to seeing this because you know that day is coming for me very soon <laughs> when I have to take a massive pay cut just to stay at NBC. Yeah. By the way, it might be tomorrow. Um, just so you know. Uh, but anyway, so I'm, I'm fascinated to see how this pay, uh, plays out, especially because as it relates to Tony Pollard. Right now, the, the, the other piece of this report is that they're expected to franchise tag Tony Pollard. And I think if Ezekiel Elliott were back, like ultimately, we don't care about the money, right? I mean, like, if whatever Zeke makes, if he makes less, the fact of the matter is, for our purposes, if Ezekiel Elliott's on that roster, they're going to use him. Like, and they'll use him in a similar way, you know, I think you would, what we had over the second half of the season, 
we everyone every week we would rank Tony Pollard above Ezekiel Elliott, and that'll be the case going into next year, assuming both guys are back with Dallas. But this does somewhat limit Tony Pollard's upside. I think he's a borderline top 12 fantasy running back, top 10, top 12 fantasy running back. But if Zeke weren't there, he's top five. Yeah, I suspect we may be reaching the point. If Pollard comes back entirely healthy from the injury, which we expect him to, that if he is back in Dallas, that just his level of production is just going to become so overwhelming to the point where he needs to be the lead running back, clearly. And then Zeke maybe is still the goal line back, which is going to hurt Pollard from a fantasy perspective. But Zeke, he's not likely to have the same... I, I'm just a sheer amount of touchdowns that he had no. last year. So you know, I think the Pollard is still someone you can draft pretty You know, like, this is like just kind of a, a lazy comparison. But you know where I could see it being next year is I could see it being kind of, and not, like, it could be like Alvin Kamara to Mark Ingram back in the day. Sure. Not like last year, but like, you know, like Alvin Kamara was clearly the fantasy superstar, but Mark Ingram got enough touches to A, be sort of, flex-worthy usable, especially when he would fall into the end zone, and also used enough that sort of annoying, you know, to, you know, if you had Alvin Kamara. So just kind of that, I could see that where, you know, Pollard's clearly the one, but Zeke has enough of a role because I just think if you're Ezekiel Elliott, right, and you say like, hey, man, I'm gonna, I'll take a pay cut. Like, I'll, I, I understand the economics in the NFL. I understand what we need to do. I'm happy to take a pay cut so that I can remain a cowboy. I want to be a cowboy for life. All that stuff is great. But I could see him then saying, but if I'm, if I'm doing that, well, I'm getting the ball, right? Like, yep. I'm, not, I'm not taking a pay cut to then just sit on the bench and cheer him on. Yep, no, absolutely. Let's uh, talk about Aaron Rodgers, who plans to attend a darkness retreat where he will contemplate his future before making any decisions. Uh, he said on the Pat McAfee show, I've had a number of friends who have done this, and they had profound experiences uh, this is just the content fiesta, Matthew. Uh, I actually do a darkness retreat uh, every morning before looking for prop bets. Uh, and I come out of the darkness thinking that Kenneth Gainwell over 19 and a half rushing yards might be a good bet. Uh, so I'm fully supportive of this from Aaron Rodgers. I, I too do a darkness retreat. It's usually about midnight <laughs> and ends around 8 a.m. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, or when my kids so get me up. This yeah. is great. It's a darkness retreat. <laughs> so it's a... It's a it's, why? It's, I have so many questions about this. I have so many questions about this. Like, okay, first off, why? But if you, if you want to do this and they've had profound results, okay, fine. Why tell us about it? Why tell us about it? Like, and the answer is, is because Aaron Rodgers is a lot of things, but one of the things he is is really smart. And he completely understands, like, this is a way to get people talking. This is a way to get guys like us and everyone other, every other show is going to bring this up and talk about this. And it's just like, just... Just do it, man. Like, it's just like, why are you, like, why are you, like, I, do you think he's purposely leaning into the weird stuff that, like, I want people to think I'm weird? Like, I'm just, like. Do you think he's got, like, a publicist saying, uh, Aaron, you should talk more about Ayahuasca. You should talk more about darkness retreats. Hey, it's the Super Bowl. Everyone's going to be talking football this week. You're not in the Super Bowl this year. Let's, here's a way to keep your name going. You yeah. know, darkness retreat. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers in the Darkness Retreat, by the way, is a is a band that I would see. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to go to break when anyway, we come whatever. back. Whatever. This real quickly, just to, I don't care how much darkness he's in. Whatever. He's playing football next year. He's not going to the Hall of Fame the same year as Tom Brady. He yep. was playing football next year. There you go. And a reminder that you can get the Draft Guide bundle from Roto World. Every season is draft season. You can use the QR code on your screen to download the Roto World Draft Guide promo code Barry. All right. When we come back, Chris Sims is on the set. We will talk everything around the Super Bowl. And we're also going to talk big hats. 
There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Yeah. Hey, little bet between me and you. Let's Team that wins, the other loser has to wear a big hat on, uh, I like on this show. Where, I like where your head's at. That's okay, right. I like that. Yeah. All right. With now. my hairline, I need big hats. <laughs> yeah, you do. That's right. That did not end well for me. Yeah, the G-Man. Chris Sims, the, Je- the, the Giants, and the referees in that game conspired to make sure I'm wearing yes, a big hat. That's right. Uh, big hat Brian Robinson will be joining our show later in the week as well. And so. Good. I, put it on. I'm glad it's you because I, I got my hair. I can't do that. I'm my hair is not. I my need a dealer's is, choice. You want me in black or white? Uh, let's go with the white, actually. With okay. your outfit, I think it'll match better. I like that better. Fair enough. Wow. Look at this. Oh, Whoa. So we were. It took us a while. By the way. <laughs> You know, everyone laughed at Brian Robinson for wearing it in that post game, and like he's a genius because now they're everywhere. Yes, everyone's doing it. Yes, and um, like we had to pay this bet off now because we literally couldn't get it the next week in time. They for were football like sold night. out, right? They're, yes, I mean it's like <laughs> ridiculous. Yes. So uh, anyway, anyhow, uh, and by the way, my my hairline actually looks pretty good. You're right. This. You've been fantastic. Yeah, no one. <laughs> I, I might I might just wear this the rest of the show, I mean, right. the rest of the week because it's like you no longer go like, hey, what's going on with the ball? guy now you're like who's the guy with the big hat right right i'm gonna wear this out tonight try try it out try it let's see anyway. i'm sure people will take you really serious in these interviews <laughs> no one takes no one takes yeah no one takes me seriously in any of these interviews but oh, yeah. what do you got to talk about <laughs> should we talk about another thing that chris sims beat you on sure joe By barrow tom brady oh yeah i'm sure let's little, talk about it there was a little discussion <laughs> let's was, hear it from was, preseason oh we got a flashback too was you and i are gonna be in a fantasy league this year right. you rather who would you rather have joe burrow or tom brady I mean, uh, Joe Burrow all day. Tom Brady Over can Tom never. Brady? Well, in real life, it's yeah. not even close. Don't don't take the bait, Matthew. We're going to break. Do not take Joe the bait. Joe Burrow was in the I'm Super Bowl. I'm dealt with this. I'm dealt with this. Tom Brady wasn't. I'm having this fight with him. The first Joe year. Burrow had this fight with him. Tom Brady's not. Don't, don't, let it, don't let him do all it to you. All day, every day, I'm taking Burrow, Burrow, Burrow or Brady. Burrow, Burrow or Aaron Rodgers. What? Burrow or Aaron Rodgers. I'm taking Burrow right now. 100%. Burrow's one of well, the five best quarterbacks well, in the game. Consistent. The views and opinions of Chris Sims do not reflect the opinions of this show. 
Interesting setback. Uh, it looks like well, an yeah, X-Men film. Yeah. So What's work, going on there? That was a work in progress. Maybe but, you should um, say that they do reflect the shows. I now. was just going to say, <laughs> first off, it's clear that this segment was produced by Chris Sims. Um, <laughs> Sorry, uh, I'm sure we have like, some. But, yeah, listen, like, good kudos to you. A, a great call because, uh, obviously, both fantasy and real life, Burrow had the better year than Rodgers or Brady. And, by the way, not close. And, I mean, I thought that was a crazy take back then based right. on, like, I thought I – thought, um, I thought just, you know, I, I thought Burrow was good, but I didn't think he would take the step that he did this year right. in the way that he did. And I didn't think Rodgers or Brady would fall off the way that I, they did. I didn't either. I was nervous from right. the fantasy aspect it, with that comment. Like, yeah. the fantasy aspect, I, I didn't think you were crazy there. I understood right. what you were saying. Well, especially you know? because, especially with, Bra- with Rodgers, it was like, okay, that makes sense just because he lost Devontae lost Adams the, and, we're, and we're, we're, we don't know if these rookie wide right. receivers going to step up. But right. with Brady, like, what's weird is, is that, to me, Brady still looked like Tom Brady. Other massive injuries on the offensive line. You know, Godwin started slow, and then yeah. Evans got hurt. And like, it just the passing attempts were that. Like, just from a fantasy perspective, the passing attempts were there for Brady and everything. Yeah. The offense was still the same. They just they couldn't score any touchdowns. No, they could not. No, you know, but. But he'd, like, he'd still, like you said, he could still throw at Brady yeah. and do that. He just needs he needs a certain formula around him to be right. able to do that. And that that's what I was, you know, you know, fantasy and reality don't always match up the right way. Burrow to me was clearly in reality before the season. To me, just my experience of the game, I, I could just I saw it all going upward. Where I was like, ooh, I I got more the sense at the end of last year that he had like finally cracked the code. Right? Yeah. It wasn't like a one year, uh, you know, like like oh one-year wonder type of thing, I kind of felt like, oh, no, no, he's he's gotten comfortable, and it's only going to get better here with some of those weapons around, and well, sunshine's in a dog's ass every now and then. <laughs> no, you know, listen, no, listen. It was a great call. Listen, I'm wearing the big hat. Like, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I'm happy to admit it yeah. and uh, fall on the sword. And you saw just a monster year coming from Joe Burrow that that I didn't, I mean, I thought he was going to be good. Like, I had him ranked inside my top ten, but yeah. I didn't have him ranked inside, like, my top three or four. Um, and so, uh, The thing with Burrow, too, is week one he throws, what, five picks? Right. Against Stills, then really struggles against Dallas. Right. And then after that moment, he was basically the second-best quarterback in the NFL, I think, behind Patrick Mahomes. But yeah. we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. Feels yeah. like a topic we should hit at yeah, some point. But first, it. well, first, let's right. zoom out a little bit. I want to talk about the playoff bracket to this point right. uh, as we take a look at the, fir- the final full playoff bracket and uh, which teams are disappointed in the postseason. Does anything leap out from that, Chris, in terms of just teams that underwhelmed? Well, you know, I can't say that I I really look at it and go teams that underwhelmed. I I think the final four the only thing that I thought, I, I thought the Bills might be there just because of the injuries on the Bengals offensive line. Right, but but the Bills weren't good enough to take advantage of that. I don't know if there's really been any surprises, and I'm not trying to sit here and pat myself on the back. But I think to this point, I'm like 11 and one picking these games. But I don't think this is that crazy. I'm not trying to like say I think this year was a year that was it was kind of chalk. The only game that I thought was like kind of a toss up, at least you know in the divisional round, was the Bills Bengals. Yes, right. uh, Giants. Vikings, I don't think it was a shock to anybody, right? But no, I'm so upsetting. Like I mean, three okay. Point, three point line. Exactly. So the, the rest of the playoffs, I think, have kind of gone. I don't think anything crazy has happened. It's been underwhelming a little on the NFC side, just the way it shook out as far as, you know, the, the Eagles the and, and the Niners game, right? Yeah, no, right. 100%. So listen, you were you were right on uh, you were right on uh, Burrow over Brady, and you were right with your Giants beating. <laughs> I my know where commanders. this is going. You were but, wrong, but. however, about Jalen Hurts. You were actually Chris Sims. You were actually trending on Twitter today. I heard right. Um, I just heard on that. Your, uh, I haven't on your, been on Twitter. On your, today. Yes, which is smart. Stay yeah. off it. Um, 
but here's so my question is is yeah. like first off like Jalen Hurts was my ride or die and I know in the beginning of the year you yeah. question whether he had whether he could be the franchise quarterback in fairness to you yeah. that was a question a lot of people had especially in Philadelphia why didn't they I remember in the draft and they didn't take a quarterback and like what do, you know like right. so there there's a, a lot reason of they were in conversations for right. the quarterbacks that were on the market the yeah. last few years right, right. but yeah so, you you yes, were all over it Jalen Hurts was my ride or die right. I was all in and I did think he could take that third year leap but my question is is like I just wanted to give you the forum just to to address that at all in terms of Jalen Hurts because I think that the narrative is, is that you hate Jalen Hurts. I know. And I and I have had conversations with you privately. I know that is not the case. No, it's not. I have tremendous respect for what he has done. I'm just trying. Listen, you guys know me well yeah. enough to know I, I studied the game. I really work at it. I know I'm not always right, and maybe this is one I'm not going to be right about. Right. We'll see. But I, where where it's become a little bit of a is just where it became a hot button topic with the Michael Parsons comment a few weeks ago, right? When he was kind of like. Yep. I don't know. Is it Hurts or is it the team, right? And that's all I've kind of tried to say. Hey, he's taking advantage and done a great job. He's obviously a big-time starting quarterback in football. I was wrong with my preseason ranking. All of that. But we've got into a thing now here where we're going, you know, and statistically in the fantasy world and all that, hey, it's awesome. I know. I get it. He's amazing. But now we're putting him in the class to me of a group of guys that I don't think he's there yet. That's all I'm saying. I, I, what I'm trying to tell people a little bit is playing quarterback for the Eagles is one of the easier jobs at quarterback in football right now. But isn't the isn't the counter to that like right. yeah, okay, that's fair enough, but isn't isn't throwing to Jamar Chase and T Higgins and Tyler Boyd with Joe Mixon and it's you know also a pretty good, you know, it, 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 a pretty good gig in the there, NFL? There's no doubt, you know, I know, but you know, no rushing attack there. We still know that they were one of the worst pass protecting teams in football. You know, uh, and they play through him completely. Where I would go, they don't play through Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. They have an offense, and he is an important part of it that makes them more dangerous, right? right? But in every big drive in the year, we can go back through it. Every big drive, you know what they do in those big drives? Hand the ball off. Every big one. And all I'm trying to say is, again, he's really good, but when you run up the middle for eight and run up the middle for eight and then throw a wide-open RPO slant route and A.J. Brown runs for 20 yards and then it's run up the middle for eight and then it's, hey, jump ball to A.J. Brown. That is different to me than what we're seeing Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Justin Herbert do. And all I'm just trying to say is he's not in that class yet. You know, those guys can run, I think, almost – to the capabilities he can run. You know, but people don't want to give them credit. And I go, well, yeah, because they don't have to. They don't have to bring that element of the offense because they do other things at such a high level that they don't have to take the risk of hurting their quarterback's shoulder and, oh, is he going to be right for the Super Bowl? So that's all I'm trying to say. But, man, it's I am getting my butt beat by people on social media. <laughs> well, I listen, I'm not, luckily, because I've been on a Jalen Hurts, and I believe in him as a franchise quarterback, <laughs> as a number one. As a, I, and I said he would make a Jaylen, Josh Allen-like leap, and he has. Chris Sims, we have to let you go. All right, Thank you so much. Appreciate you. We'll check you out on Pro Football Talk. You can check yell at him on out. Twitter at Quarterback. Right, we are live from Phoenix all week on Radio Row on Peacock. Dan Patrick's show kicks us off 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, followed by us on the Fantasy Football Happy Hour, 12 to 1, then PFT Live, and then we close out with Brother from Another. 
<laughs> and but one of the cool things about being on Radio Row is you see all these legends walking by. You see all these players, and we're joined by one right now, Sean Alexander, fantasy football royalty. I don't know if you even are aware of this. I know you know that whatever 2001, 2005, five straight seasons with over 1,600 yards from scrimmage. You had at least 16 touchdowns in all those seasons. But do you know that you were the second best running back in fantasy football in terms of total points in those five <laughs> years? Are you aware of that? No. Yeah, <laughs> no. fantasy football royalty, uh, Sean Alexander. And in terms of points per game, you were the third best running back in fantasy uh, over a long stretch. So, pleasure to have you, fantasy football legend Sean Alexander. Yeah, fantasy football's been special. You know, when it uh, when it really got going up a little bit higher, people were walking up to me in different cities. <laughs> we hope you lose, but hey, go off again. I need your touchdowns. I was like, I didn't know what was going on. Right, yeah, yeah, of course. I never played fantasy football at that time, and so it was wild. Now that now that you are retired, I've I've heard from a number of players that once they get out of the game, whether it's with their kids or whatever, they they've started to get into it. Have you tried it since you've uh, stopped playing? I, I have not because uh, I don't want to look negative at anybody. <laughs> but my kids play it. Uh, my neighbors, a lot of my friends are, are are playing. A lot of old teammates are playing it. So uh, and so are they I, hitting I live, you up for advice? They I'm are. Sure. Now that's what's happening. They're like, hey, so do you think so and so can yeah. do this and this guy? I'm like, yeah, he should get about about 80 yards. About yeah. you think it's or yeah, he'll definitely score against it. And they're like, oh, they're not. they hang up. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> I thought we were going to have a conversation. I'm a scout for him. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. There you go. Sean, are there any running backs in the league that you most enjoy watching now? Anyone that leaps out in particular? Well, gosh, you know, Debo Samuels is, to me, is a running back. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, so he, he's good. Uh, Dalvin Cook is, is just special, you know. You know, I played with uh, uh, I was coached by Stump Mitchell, so anybody he puts his hands on, Nick right. Chubb, you know, yeah. he, they're gonna do, they're gonna have a lot of yards and score touchdowns, and so uh, so yeah, there's a handful of guys I just enjoy watching how they play, staying in between the tackles and making big runs. Let's talk about the running backs in the Super Bowl coming up because um, you obviously you you uh, you study the the game, you played the game obviously at the highest level. You yeah. study running backs. Clearly, you're a scout for your kids' <laughs> fantasy teams, so you need to know all these guys. So yeah. I'm just curious. Let's, let's start with each team, and you know the Eagles are obviously known for the running. Like, talk to me about that running attack: Sanders, Gainwell, Scott, yeah. and of and of course Jalen Hurts as well. The dynamic he adds. Yeah, you know when you watch. Uh Jalen control the ball with the game you know what I mean like he it's amazing because you know it's not normal for the quarterback to have not just um not just a play oh it's third and one or oh so you know but that's a part of their flow so it makes it really special you know uh Lamar Jackson kind of reminds me of that too much faster <laughs> but uh <laughs> but uh but uh the other guys you know Kenneth Gainswell won my freshman player of the year in college so I've been watching him grow and mature as a running back um I think he's like secretly one of those guys that like if he gets going, I, I bet you there's a stat that says the Eagles almost win when he has a great game because he's not the feature. No. Um, so uh, so their running game is uh, it's just special. Kansas City, it's just different. You know what I mean? Like you, you never know how they're going to do it because Mahomes and how he plays. But uh, the Eagles' running game is, is is special. Yeah, on Kenneth Gainwell, I mean he's had 26 carries the past two games. Feels like they're looking to get him more involved. So I think he definitely adds an explosive element. Yeah, yeah. To, to and, what and the crazy doing. thing about Gainwell is you mentioned you've, you've watched him throughout his college career. When he came into the league, the argument was, oh, this guy's going to be a special teams player. He's too small to play <laughs> yeah. running back in the NFL. He can't be a he can't be the guy. And like he's proved a lot of critics wrong. Yeah, you know, I just think for him when I just watch him, the way that it is now, I don't know if, you know, it's like almost like they go back to like, he's not Marshawn Lynch. Well, right. no, <laughs> you know, you know, he ain't beast mode. But like when you put him in the right system, you're saying, hey, we're going to give you 15 carries or 15 touches. 
I think he's a guy that you'd want on this team. Yeah. Um, talking about Seahawks running backs like Marshawn Lynch, Kenneth Walker was a yeah. huge story this year. What do you see out of him this season? Do you see any of yourself in the way he plays? Yeah, Kenneth, he's got an explosive step. So anytime there's about to be contact, it's not it's not taught often. But his one-two to right right for the hole is it's really explosive, and he he has a, a nose for the end zone. So he he is a fantasy you know, yeah. jewel. Oh yeah, and he'll be better, um, you know, even as they go. And you know, especially when Gino was hot like he was, you know, it's going to make Kenneth even special. Where do you live these days? Where you- I live right outside DC. Okay, you know, so I played uh, you know all those great years with Seattle, yeah. and I played uh, about half a year with the Redskins back when they were called Redskins. I, I do remember, know? yeah. And uh, and so uh, my my bride and I we uh, we saw a farm out there that we loved, and we said, man, like this would be a good place to rest. We're still resting. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're still resting. Do, so I am a lifelong Washington fan. Yeah, so I, I, I remember when oh, I remember when you played for us. Here's my question: Somebody who lives in the DC area. Do we have any hope with this team? <laughs> Help me out. Help as me. long as you got some Bama guys there, there's always hope. You know what I mean? So that well, def- we, that defense talking, still plays. You we're know? talking with Brian Robinson later this week. What do you, what do you like out of him? And Speaking Brian's of Bama a, guys. He's a hard runner. You know, I think any time that you, um, you know, bragging on my university, yeah. but any time you go through the system where you've got all these great players in front of you, you humble yourself, you peep your nose to the ground, and, uh, and you just grind, and – you get to play your senior year, and then you get to go be in the pros. You have a great, phenomenal rookie year. Like, there's something to be said about that. So, like, that kind of person is always good for to build a team around. And, you know, so I'm, I'm really proud of Brian. This year I told him I was going to try to be around him a little bit more to see if I could add some tips to his game. But uh, great thank player. You. Thank you. As a Commanders fan and somebody who has Brian Robinson in Dynasty, yes, please. <laughs> you got please. Smart I'm, pick. Going, I'm going to open up the invitation for Brian Robinson <laughs> on, on his behalf, not that I know him. Uh, so uh, we, we have just 90 seconds left. Sean, who's winning on Sunday? You know what? I'm going to lean on uh, – I think it's going to be the Eagles. Okay. I really do. Um, you know, there's something about the way they play defense. The trenches are tough on both sides. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Eagles. Jalen. It feels like everyone who's like me and Matthew, who are, spoiler, didn't play in the NFL, that we all like the Chiefs, but everyone who plays in the league seems to focus on the trenches, the fact that the Eagles' O-line is so dominant, their D-line is so dominant, and that's going to be the decisive factor in the game. They work so well together. Like, that's what's hard to explain. You know, and I had a great offensive line when I was playing, and everybody remembers Walt and Hutch. You know what I mean? Those are two Hall of Fame guys. Yeah, yeah. But just all across the board, those five guys gel together and, good fullback and a good tight end and next thing you know you know the running back can get in the holes cut back and make big plays the eagles they kind of carry that and everybody that's played can see it and that's it's just more obvious for all the guys that played yeah, yeah no i look i totally get it you you know listen sean thank you so much for uh for joining us is there is there anything you need to plug anything we're plugging you know uh, i have uh, created a great partnership with a group called stand together and um it's a bunch of businessmen women and philanthropic leaders willing to help anybody that can do good for the community especially the poor and uh we are now taking some people through uh, the nfl some nfl players and legends through uh, what we call the community influencers 101 and it's helping them impact the future thank you sean thank you sean There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. 
Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.